with me in your Bible tonight, Philippians chapter number 4. Uh, we was there a couple of Sunday nights ago, and uh, God put another verse of Scripture out of this chapter up on our heart. We'll try to preach through this real simple message tonight, and we'll try to get out of the way. Philippians chapter number 4, you find your place, you'll stand to your feet. We're just going to read verse number 13. I want you to keep your Bible open while we preach tonight. And uh, we're going to preach down through that chapter, but we're going to concentrate, take our text from verse number 13. Now, I'm going to read this verse. I want you to read it with me, okay? I want you to read it out loud. I want you to get the gist of what it says. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. All right, let's do that one more time. I can... Do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. One more time. I can. Let's stop right there and do that one more time. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Father, we come to you tonight in Jesus' name. And Lord, we come to this place. God, we know that flesh has failed us before. God, we know that the intellect of our mind, God, for us to stand in man's wisdom, God, will be an utter failure. Lord, we pray tonight for unction and anointing. God, I ask you tonight to liberate my tongue. God, I pray you tender my heart, guard my mind. Lord, I pray you'd help me tonight to say everything that you want me to say, nothing more and absolutely nothing less. And Lord, I pray tonight that you'd open the heart and the ears of the hearer tonight. I pray. God, that you take this simple message. God, I pray you'd burn it in our hearts. And may it be a help to us, Lord, along the way. God, take the word of God tonight and do with it, God, as you please, would please you and would bring maximum glory to your name. Lord, I pray for every person in this building. Lord, you know every need, God, that is here. You know every man, woman, boy, and girl. You know our down sitting. You know our uprising, Lord. I pray tonight, oh God, that you'd meet our needs. Lord, if there is one among us tonight that has never been saved, Lord, I pray tonight their heart would be convicted. I pray they'd be convinced. And Lord, I pray they'd be converted. God, I pray draw them unto yourself as only you can do. And Father, we'll give you the honor and the praise and the glory for all that you do. Lord, we thank you for what you've done Saturday night. God, we thank you for what you've done this morning. But Lord, we come tonight, God, as the children of Israel did each day. They needed fresh manna. Lord, we come to this place, God, a fresh and a new. God, in need of fresh manna tonight. God, pour it out. God, give it. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. We find in this familiar verse of scripture, you all of you have quoted this verse many times. All of you probably have a t-shirt with it on there or a coffee mug or some kind of memorabilia with this verse of scripture on it. It's very popular among athletic teams to use this verse of scripture. Uh, but tonight I'm interested in mainly the first part of it, but we can't take the first part without taking the whole verse of it. I want to preach to you tonight on the subject, I can. Uh, and as we look at that, as we keep that in mind, on the subject, I can. I began to think about my own life. I began to think about uh, the times that I have used this statement that is the opposite of what we read in verse number 13. Instead of saying, I can, I began to think about how many times I've said, I can't. I can't. I can't. And in reality, my I can'ts was not, that wasn't really the truth. That was rather a glorified lie. Amen. It was rather, I won't, is what it really was. But I sugarcoated that and said, I can't. Amen. Now tonight as we look at that, I want you to understand that the devil wants you to think that there are limits to what God will do for you. The devil wants you to think that there are limits as to what God can do with you. 
Amen. The devil wants this church to think that there are limits to what God's going to do with us. The devil wants us to think that there are limits to what God wants to do in this day and in this hour. But I still serve an unlimited God. I still serve a God tonight that's able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we ask or that we think. I still serve a God that the Bible calls him in the book of Revelation omnipotent, meaning that he is all powerful. That means his power, his ability is unlimited. And so tonight when the devil tells you that that God is just going to give you this or just going to give you that, listen, hey, the devil don't know. God can do anything he wants to do with you. God can do anything he wants to do with this church. If we'll surrender as we've been preached to and as we've heard time and time and time again, if we'll give ourselves to God, yield ourselves to him, it is unlimited the potential that God can do with you and with me, with this church, with what God wants to do in this county. It is unlimited the potential that God can do. Amen. But for you and I, we've got to come to the place that we quit believing the lie that the devil puts in our minds that says, I can't. Amen. And tonight I want you to understand that we are very familiar with this statement. We use it many times in life. We use it when the wife says, go clean, go wash the dishes. And we say, I can't, I got to go mow the yard. Can I get a witness? Amen. We use that statement many times in life when somebody asks us to do something, we say, I can't. And then we follow that up with an excuse. But the problem is that we get trained in that kind of mindset. And then when it comes to the things of God, we also use that same mentality. And we come to church and the preacher preaches on being faithful. And we say, I can't be as faithful as I want to be because. Amen. I can't come to Sunday school because. Amen. I can't do this and I can't do that. I can't overcome sin because I can't overcome temptation because. But in the word of God, that statement and that kind of terminology is never used. That's not biblical. Amen. That's not a Bible based way of thinking. That's not a a, a spiritual mindset to say I can't and then line out the excuse. Amen. Now, I understand. I'm just like you are. I'm preaching to me tonight. I've got just as many excuses as anybody. But I want you to know tonight that the devil puts in our mind many I can'ts. I mentioned some of them. Some others are I can't live for Christ in this day. I can't pray like I want to pray. I can't pray like God wants me to pray. I can't forgive so and so. Preacher, you just don't know what they've done to me. I can't forgive them. And even if I could forgive them, I can't forget what they've done to me. I can't be happy in this marriage. I can't be happy on this job. I can't be happy at this school. I can't be happy in this church. I can't be happy living in the home that I live. I can't be happy driving the car that I'm driving. Somebody help me out this evening. I can't take this any longer. I can't bear this burden anymore. I can't take this pain anymore. It's too much for me to bear. But in the word of God, we find the apostle Paul in this 13th verse. He is associated with everything I talked about. He is associated with a limited place. He's bound up in a Philippian jail. He's bound up in prison or in a Roman jail and he's writing to the Philippian church and rather he writes and instead of saying I can't because I'm locked up in prison he wasn't a subject or a victim of his circumstance but rather he cleared him off a place and he said I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. 
And, and so I want to look through this chapter, this scene, and real quickly, I, I see ten things in these preceding verses to verse number 13 uh, that, that the, the Apostle Paul speaks of that are hard for you and me to do. They're not easy things for you and me to do, but with Jesus Christ, we can do these things. Verse number one, we find that the Apostle Paul said, therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved, and long for my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord. Now, I want to say this evening, uh, that standing fast is something that we all need to do, but it ain't an easy thing to do. That word, stand fast, uh, to stand means to hold one's ground or to resist an opposing force. Uh, there are times that it's not easy to stand. Amen. It's not easy to stand when temptation comes. It's not easy to stand when an opposing wind comes. It's not easy to stand uh, when our flesh comes against us. It's not easy to stand in this day and in this hour. But the Apostle Paul said not only to stand, but to stand fast, to hold our ground against the opposition. And to stand fast means to be firmly fixed or attached to. And then he said, in the Lord. Stand fast, church, in the Lord. Now you say, preacher, in this day, that's hard to do. It's hard to stand my ground in the Lord. Well, I understand that it is, but there's no reason for us to say I can't. It was just as bad in Paul's day. Even worse, my friend, what he went through than what anybody in this building has ever went through. But still yet, Paul said, I can do all things through Christ. I can stand fast in the Lord. Now verse number uh, verse number two, look with me. He said, I beseech you, Otis, and beseech Syntex that they be of the same mind in the Lord. Not only did he say that we can stand fast, stand our ground, but we can be in unity in this day. Here Paul the apostle, he calls out by name the disunity in the Philippian church. I mean, he didn't cut no corners. He didn't hide the problem. Amen. He didn't run around it. He didn't ignore the fact that it was there. He just simply cleared him off a verse. He didn't go on and on and on about it, but he just simply took a verse of scripture and he began to call out names. Amen. Some of y'all getting awful nervous right now because you think I'm about to call out names. Thank God. Listen, this scene and I want to say that we don't win the need not tiptoe around the problems in our lives. But my friend, rather may we be as the Apostle Paul was. Not that we dwell and we waller in our problems, but we deal with them. Hey, there's no need for us tonight to pick us out of mud hole and waller in that thing and continue in it. No, we just need to deal with it in our life and move on for the glory of God. Let bygones be bygones. Let the past be the past and move on for the glory of God. You say, preacher, that's hard to do. I understand this as much as anybody how hard that is to do but ladies and gentlemen for us to be successful for us to be spiritual for us to go on for the Lord Jesus Christ these are things that we must do we must my friend put the past in the past we must get along there must be unity in the house of God Psalms 133 the psalmist said how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity he said it is as the oil that ran down Aaron's beard thank God tonight that's what we need is unity in the house of God. Philippians chapter number four, uh, the same author, the apostle Paul uh, wrote in that verse, uh, uh, he said, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace for there is one body. Let me illustrate that tonight. I wasn't going to spend much time on this point, but I did come prepared to. <laughs> Amen. I need some help. Come here, Jesse Colton. Y'all bear with us, this may take a minute. 
Stand leg to leg. Tie your leg to Colton's leg. Now, don't tie it where you can't get it loose. <laughs> Amen. I got a knife. I'll cut it off. Uh-oh. <laughs> now, guess what? Me, Jesse, and Colt were tied up. Amen. We have essentially, being three separate people, become one. If I try to go my way and they don't move with me, you know what it is? It's awkward. It's a little bit painful. Amen. And we're not getting anywhere. Jesse, you're the middle man. So you take your right leg, Colton, you step with him in unison. And then you step this one. When we begin to step together, notice what that rope's doing. On my side, it's beginning to slide down my leg. That means it's got slack in it. There ain't no more pressure. Amen. It's not stressful anymore because we're walking together. We understand that if we're going to get anywhere, we got to do this together. We understand if we're going to be successful, if we're going to be effective, we got to walk together. Me and Jesse may not agree on how far to take our stride. Jesse's legs is probably a little bit longer than mine. He's probably more athletic than I am. He ain't better looking, but he may be able to walk better. (laughs) Amen. We may not agree on everything, but we got to agree on the fact that we're in one body together. And that for us to go on for the glory of God, we got to work together. Amen. All right. Thank you, men. Now, tonight, the same thing works in church. The same thing applies in this building. We are in this building, one body, with one Lord, with one Spirit. Amen. And that verse, verse number 3 in Ephesians 4 and 3, it says, Endeavoring. Every single one of us ought to do everything we can do to do our part to walk in unison with the Spirit of God. Letting Him be the one that's leading. Letting Him be the one that's taking the first step. Being the initiator. And then we follow right in with Him. And if we endeavor and we strive and we seek after to follow Him and we're all on the same page with that, then it won't be long. We'll all be walking in unison. And then the slack will begin to come. And we won't be pulling against each other. And it won't be awkward. And it won't be hard. And it won't be miserable. And we won't be walking on pins and needles because we'll all be walking together. Uh, my friend, I know that's hard to do. I know that ain't easy to do because out of however many people's in this building tonight, that's exactly how many opinions you've got. It's hard to even agree with your wife. Amen. Somebody help me out. Ladies and gentlemen, much less to agree with everybody in this building. But there comes a time in our 
life that we have to throw all that to the side, get that book down, get the Spirit of God in our ear, let Him speak to our heart and realize that He's the one that we're following after. And it's not about my opinion or your opinion, but it's about following the leadership of God Almighty through His Spirit. It's about going God's way. It's not about my way. It's not about Bobby's way or Ira's way. It's not about the right side or the left side. It's not about the front or about the back. It's not about the choir. It's not about anybody in this mill. It's about following what God wants. It's not about the direction we think. It's not about the pattern that we've laid out in our mind. But it's about what God wants out of us. And when we come to that place, it makes the road easy. It makes it, it, makes it a joy to serve the Lord. Now, friend, I know it's hard to do those things. But Paul said, I can do all things through Christ. You can't do it without Him. You can't do it apart from Him. If you separate from Christ and you try to do it your way, that's when the misery comes in. That's when the trouble comes in. But when you get in the yoke with the Lord Jesus and you realize you got some brothers and sisters that's in that yoke too, then, friend, you can walk together in unity together. Amen. Amen. Now listen. We never, the devil knows. The devil knows that if he can divide the church, he knows that he's successful. He knows the people ain't going to get saved. He knows that we're going, the preacher's going to spend all his time preaching to the church. Amen. He knows you're going to be so defeated that you're not going to go out and try to bring lost people in. Amen. He knows when, when we're, when we're at odds against each other and we're divided when you sing in the choir. Every time you try to sing, Oh, how I love Jesus, you're singing with one breath, Oh, how I love Jesus, but I sure don't like her or I sure don't like him. Amen. Listen, that just don't even go together, but that's what runs through our mind. I'm just being, I'm just being judgment day honest with you tonight. But oh, when you fall in love with Jesus and you realize that he died for you and you realize not only did he die for you but he died for that one standing next to you he died for the one in this building he died for each and every one and that he loved us all the same thank God then you begin to look through a different eye and you begin to see people differently amen and then when you sing oh how I love Jesus if you really say that you say well if I love Jesus and Jesus loved them I reckon I love them too thank God I may not agree with everything they do, but when you love Jesus like you ought to, then you'll be loving your neighbor like you ought to too. So there is a call for us to be in verse number two of the same mind. You say, preacher, can I do that? Say it with me. I can. I can. Can I forgive? Say it. I can. How? Through Christ. Amen. In yourself, you don't have the power. You don't have the ability. Your flesh says no, 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 no. But when you sell out to Jesus and you let him be real in your heart, friend, then you can. Amen. In light of Calvary, you can. Amen. That's the only way. I can't do it in myself. As much as I may want to forgive somebody, I can't do it by myself. Amen. I've got to know the forgiveness of Jesus Christ to be able to forgive somebody else. And notice what verse number three said. He, Paul called for unity among these that he called out. And then he calls for uh, the church. He calls for the yoke, true yoke fellow. Verse number three. He says, help those women. Now, commentators agree with this thought. Uh, You can't pin it down exactly, but it seems as though verse number two and verse number three tie together. It ends verse number two with a period, but it is joined together with the word and. And it says, 
help those women which labored with me in the gospel. It seems as though these two women in verse number two, they at one time were helpers to the apostle Paul. They labored beside of him to spread the gospel and to see the work of getting the good news that Jesus Christ said out across the world. But something came between them in the middle of that work. And so not only is there a call for those two to come of the same mind together, there is a call for the yoke fella, that one that was strong in the faith and that one that was laboring and continuing on and then it says and fell it with other fellow laborers the people that weren't at odds against each other there was a call to them to help those that were in need that follows in suit with Galatians chapter number 6 to bear you one another's burdens how do we, how do we help one another in those type things we pray number one we pray for one another we try our best to encourage one another in our good points. Listen, I understand this evening. The devil wants us to look at everybody else's bad points. But everybody in here that's saved by the grace of God, they may not have all good points, but they've got a few. Amen. And so if you will encourage the good points instead of capitalizing on the bad points, amen, then after a while, they'll let them good points will start overtaking them bad points. It takes time now, church. It don't come overnight. But if you start encouraging them good points, them strong points, then after a while, they'll get to focusing on them. But if you keep on harping on the bad points, this works in a marriage too, by the way. You keep harping on them bad points. Amen. You know what's going to happen? That's going to be all that other person's thinking about. And subconsciously, without them even meaning to, that's what they're going to be doing because that's all they've been hearing about. Amen. And then old stubborn, anybody got that in them? I got double dosed of it. Amen. <laughs> I got a double dosed of it. Amen. Old stubborn gets to welling up and I'm thinking, well, praise God. I'm just going to be that way. Amen. And if I know anybody in here, I know there's a few more of you that might would do that too. Amen. But if we come together and help one another and we realize Hey, listen, if we realize it and we look to one another and we try to help one another by praying for one another and encouraging one another, for long we're all walking in unison together. Hey, man, it's easier to get in the same mind. Can I preach this, man? I didn't spend, intend on spending this much time right here, but I need to. You know what the worst thing we can do as a church is? Worst thing we can do as a church is start pointing out faults and failures. Amen. You know what the first thing you need to do is? Yes, there's faults and failures. You can look at this preacher right here and you're going to find a list a mile long. But instead of going to everybody else and telling them, amen, the best thing you can do is get in an altar and pray and seek God. Give God just a little bit of time to work and see if God don't step in the middle of it and God don't fix it. Listen, there's been time after time after time again that there's been problems in my life. There's been problems in this church. There's been problems in people's family. I ain't told nobody. I just told God. And, and before anything ever had to be done physically, me ever, ever laying hands hey, on anybody. Listen, God stepped in the middle of it and God fixed it all by his self and it increased my faith and brought great glory to God. Hey, God can still do those things, but when we come to a place that when we see a fault, we go over here and say, hey, Bobby, did you see what Kim was doing? You know what that does? That starts degrading 
his faith in her. And then when she gets up and testifies of what God's doing in her life, because something has degraded his faith in her, it's degrading his faith in God. Amen? Does that make sense? Yes. So there is a call for us to help one another. Amen. Amen. That means not to gossip. Amen. That means to pray for one another. Amen. I hate to have preach on this stuff, but it's just it's just there. And I understand tonight that this is a hard thing because it comes natural when Brother Matt says, "Did you hear what my dad-in-law done?" And he ain't done that, by the way. So don't get mad, Kevin. When it when it it's it's just natural for me to bend my ear because if I can get some dirt on Kevin, it makes me feel better about me. That's natural. That's carnal, but it's natural. Amen. And that's something that every one of us has to fight against or push against. That's something that we have to stand fast in the Lord against to be able to be spiritual and to stay close to God Almighty. Amen. Now listen, by degrading somebody else, you're really not building yourself up. You may think you are. It may feel like in the moment you are, but you're not. Amen. The only way you ever get built up is when you get built up in the Lord and you let God get big inside of you and you let God get big inside of you. The flesh gets awful small. But listen, that's where peace comes from. Amen. So there's a call in the Word of God. And I know it's hard, but what did it say? I can. Say it with me. I can do all things through Christ. Amen. You Listen, you can't turn your ear and plug that thing up by yourself. I promise you. I promise you. you every one of you has tried it. Amen. But tonight when we trust in Christ and Christ alone and we put him at the forefront of our life and we realize that we cannot do it in ourselves, but we can in Christ, then it makes it a little easier to help our brother. Listen, you know what the church is about? The church is about helping people. We're not here tonight to run people down. Amen. We're not here to run people off. Amen. We're not here to discourage or degrade people. Amen. That's not what we're about. Listen, I understand these standards in the Word of God, and I preach them. Probably, I, I probably believe them as much as anybody in this building. And I try my best, Brother Matt, to hold to them. But just because I believe in standard, that doesn't mean that everybody else is on the same plane that I'm on. That don't mean everybody else has been saved as long as I've been. God's dealt with their heart about the same things, yet that He's dealt with my heart about. I believe if you stay in it long enough, God will deal with you, and God will bring you to that place. It's just like a youngin though. Some of them learn to read when they're in kindergarten. Some of them learn when they're in first grade. Some of them it takes a little bit longer. Everybody matures physically at a different level and a different speed. Spiritually, everybody matures a little bit slower or a little bit faster. God knows all that. Amen. And we got to be sensitive enough to the Lord to recognize that. Amen. And to be a help to one another and encourage that and encourage good growth. Amen. Listen, I believe that y'all are dressed right. I believe y'all look right. I preach that time and time again. Amen. But you know what I try to do? I try to be, be real easy about it. You know why? Because it's more important things in your life. Amen. It's important for you to look right. It's important for you to dress right. It's important for you to listen to the right kind of music. And all those things, those are important things. But there's more important things. 
And until you get to a place spiritually that you're ready for that, you'll never accept that. Amen. Amen. And that's, that's the same. I'm just using those for examples. There's a lot of different things. Uh, there's things that when a man gets saved, he really didn't even know was wrong. And you may be sitting in church and you think, well, everybody knows that's wrong. I mean, everybody, mom and dad taught me that that was wrong. Well, your mom and daddy did. Amen. But not everybody's mom and daddy taught them that was wrong. And so they got to come to a place that, yes, they sold out to Jesus and they got saved by the grace of God. But we got to come to a place then that our heart is tendered, letting Jesus be Lord in our life, that we're willing to accept what the Word of God says. Amen. And sometimes that takes a, a moment or two. I heard Mark Stroud preaching just the other day, and he's preaching on a gentleman that came to his church. And, and this gentleman had long hair, similar to Pete Barber, had long hair, had tattoos up one arm down the other. And he, this man, he came in, he got saved by the grace of God. He got in an altar, wept his way to Jesus, and got truly born again by the grace of God. And Mark said he watched that man for week after week, said he kept coming back after he got saved. And, and Mark said, boy, I said, I was getting nervous, said I knew he was going to want to be baptized. And he said, I couldn't baptize him with that long hair. He said, I, I knew something had to give. And he said, then I come to the conclusion I'd just baptize him and then not let him join the church until he come to the place that he cut his hair. And he said several weeks went on and he said, we come to the place. He said, that man run up to me and he said, pastor, he said, I want to be baptized. Mark said he started to, started to say and he said the Holy Ghost just called his lips and said that fellow said, I want to be baptized, but I got something I got to fix first. Said the next Sunday that young man came in. He had his hair trimmed up, slicked up. Amen. Looked like a man. Somebody help me. Looked, looked right. Amen. But you know what? That pastor, he let God work in that. He let that young man come to a place that his heart got tendered. His heart got softened. And the Holy Ghost was the one that convinced him. Amen. Of what he needed to do. Now, listen, whether you agree with that, whether you agree with that illustration or not, the fact of the matter is there's a hundred different things we could put in there besides long hair. Amen. And there's things that, yes, I believe a man is a new creature in Christ Jesus, but just like many of us, when we got saved by the grace of God, it took us a few minutes, it took us a little while, of God speaking to our heart to, to realize and to recognize everything God was wanting out of us. And God had to start small, and he had to teach us his voice, and teach us how he speaks to us, and teach us how he deals with us, and teach us the consequences of not listening. Amen. And then build upon that. So what am I getting at, preacher? I'm getting at God's doing the work. And you and I got to be patient in letting God do that work. Amen. I'm an impatient person sometimes. Sometimes I'm real patient. I mean real patient like too patient. And then sometimes I ain't got no patience at all. I mean there's no middle ground. Amen. That's the way I am. I don't know if, don't matter if you like it or not, it's just the way I am. <laughs> The fact of the matter is we've got to be sensitive enough to recognize the Spirit of God and how God's working in people's lives and let God work in these things because if we don't, we'll be running them out quicker than we're dragging them in. Amen. Now, I don't know why I said all that. I had absolutely no intention of preaching on that, but I did. Amen. I'm not apologizing for it. It's the Word of God. So, verse number three 
We are commissioned and commanded to help one another. Verse number four, I preached on this a few Sunday nights ago. We can rejoice anywhere and anytime. Paul said rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. We can rejoice tonight anywhere and anytime. Let me park right here just a minute. I didn't intend on parking in these places. Listen tonight. I can, I can get a hold of God when I'm at the house. Amen. Amen. Hey, listen, I can, have, I can have communion with God Almighty at the house. I can have communion with God Almighty up on the hilltop behind the house. I can have communion with God Almighty on the lawnmower. I hate a weed eater, but I can have communion with God Almighty with a weed eater in my hand. Hey, listen, I, I, I can skin my knuckles up under a vehicle and I can have communion with God Almighty. Because through the Lord Jesus Christ, His blood is what gives me access to God Almighty. And that, that blood, it never ceases to cover my heart. So that means anywhere and anytime, I don't have to be in church. I don't have to be in the altar to pray. It's a good place. It's a respectable place. And it's a place that we ought to come. And we ought to come regularly. And we ought to come consistently. Amen. But I don't have to be here to get a hold of God. As a matter of fact, we ought to be able to worship God, we ought to be able to talk to God and commune with God just as much at home as we do here. I believe that's one of the greatest problems in churches. We don't communicate with Him at home. And then we come to church and just expect heaven to uh, open up the floodgates. Listen, you ain't talked to Him all through the week. You probably ain't going to get to talk to Him on Sunday. Amen. He's just as much God Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday as He is God on Sunday. And He wants to hear from you just as much those six days of the week as He does on this day of the week. Amen. Amen. And so tonight, I want to encourage you. You go home and test your spirituality. And you see if you can get a hold of God when nobody else is around. Nobody else is watching. Amen. You see if you can pray like you pray in this altar when nobody else is around. Listen to me. When nobody else is watching, when nobody else is bending their ear, when there's nobody to impress, amen, you see if you can get a hold of God, just same. And if you can't, then you start real humbly and saying, God, I want you right now. God, I want you right now just as much as I've ever wanted you. God, I want you right now and I need you right now. Not for a show, not so nobody can see me. God, I just want to have communion with you and with you alone. Lord, if you want me to jump up down and shout, I'll jump up down and shout. Lord, if you want me to sit real still, I'll just sit real still and enjoy your presence. But whatever you want me to do, Lord, I'll do it. Rejoice it anywhere and anytime. That's not an easy thing to do. Can I preach just a minute? It's a whole lot easier in this building. When everybody's on the same page for the most part, when everybody's raising their hand, it's easy to raise your hand and say, Thank you, Lord. Amen. When the choir's singing the songs of Zion, it creates an atmosphere of worship. It's easier to worship in those settings. Amen. Amen. It's easier. But Paul said we can rejoice in the Lord when? Always. Always. I know it ain't easy. But verse number 13 said what? It said, I can. I can. On Monday, it's hard to rejoice sometimes. When you walk on a job and Ira looks at Jesse and he said, Jesse, I need you to weed eat that bank out there by the high school all by yourself. And I seen five yellow yellow jackets nests while I was driving by. You're just going to have to deal with them. Now, that ain't easy to be real spiritual in that moment, is it, Jesse? But you know what the Bible says? says, I can. 
The flesh says, I can't be spiritual when he's got on me and he ain't giving them other boys anything else to do. And there's yellow jackets in the weed. It's hard to be real spiritual in that moment. Brother Matt, when everybody's sitting in the fire truck and you're the one having to pull the hose, it's hard to be real spiritual when it feels like you're being picked on. But you know what the Bible says? I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. That verse just simply means God can give you the strength to rejoice when the world says there ain't no way. There ain't no way that they can rejoice. Amen. One of them I can'ts was I can't be happy. We've probably all said that at least in our mind. There's no way I can be happy we'd eat in this bank knowing I'm going to run into y'all jackets. Amen. But you know what your Bible says? It says we can rejoice in the Lord always. Paul wrote that. Let me remind you of the context. Paul wrote that. Probably bound up, Roman prison, a jailer standing next to him, filthy, nasty, cold, probably hungry, locked up. But he said, rejoice in the Lord always, anytime and anywhere. How do we do that? Through Christ. If you leave Jesus out of the equation, ain't none of this works. But when you plug him in, oh, it just all starts making sense. All starts working together. I got to hurry and move on. Look with me, verse number five. Let your moderation be known unto all men. That word moderation, it means your yieldingness, your unselfish surrender, letting Christ have full control over you and over every thought, over every word, over every deed, over every part of you. And it says, let your moderation, your, un, your unyieldingness, your willingness to yield yourself to the Lord Jesus Christ, let that be known. Amen. So what does that mean? Is that doing it for a show? No, that's not what it's talking about. It's letting your yieldingness be known. All the time, every moment, every second of the day. Amen. Now, James spoke about a verse of Scripture. It said that if a man bridle not his tongue, it, it went on to say that his religion is vain. Amen. Now, think about this with me. If we're yielded to Christ, what's the first thing that's going to be yielded? It's going to be our tongue. Amen. But what's the first thing that gets me in trouble on Monday morning? It's my tongue. It's not that I'm going out saying cuss words. Amen. God took that away from me when I got saved. And I, I can honestly say that there's been very, very, I could probably count on one hand how many times I've said a cuss word. Amen. Audibly since I've been saved. Probably, probably count on just a few fingers how many times. Now listen to me. It's not just about cuss words, friend. Amen. There's a lot of things I can say that will bring displeasure to the Lord. That ain't got nothing to do with the cuss word. Amen. And I, I'd already preached on that. But if I can yield myself, let that be known unto all men. Let me say this. If I truly yield myself, it will be known unto all men. Amen. Now, they may call you crazy. They may call you uh, a fanatic. But if you yield yourself to God, it's going to convict people where you're at. Because God's going to be pleased with it. Look with me in verse number 6. He said, be careful for nothing. What does that mean? It means not to worry, not to be anxious, not to have anxiety. How do we do that? In, by, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Now, think about this with me. 
We get anxious. We worry about things. Anybody else in, in that boat? We get anxious and we worry about things and we, we worry and we beat ourselves up and down. Let me say this tonight. It's good to have a burden, but God didn't design for you to carry a burden. Amen. That's biblical. God, God sometimes will awaken you to the sense of a burden, but God didn't design to, for you to carry a burden. He designed for you to go to Him and run to Him in prayer and to run to Him in thanksgiving, realizing that what He's already done, He can do it again in this situation and casting all your care upon Him for He careth for you. We'd never win nobody to God if we run around like an old mule eating sawbriars, would we? Amen. They'd say, boy, them Christians, they're the most unhappy, miserable-looking people there is. And in reality, if we believe in hell like we say we ought to, if we couldn't give that to God and we really believe our lost loved ones dying and going to hell, we would mope around. You know why we don't? If we're spiritual and we're right in because we give it to God. Amen. Now listen to me. It's a tough thing to do that because the flesh wants to hold on to that burden. Amen. And we think when we got a burden, boy, we can really do something. Ain't, no. You can't do no more with a burden than you could have before you had a burden or after you got a burden. Still going to take God. Amen. Amen. God gives you that burden to bring you to the sense and to awaken you of a need so you can pray differently, so you can talk differently. Amen. Are you with me tonight? And then God expects you to trust Him. And then God expects you when you trust Him to be obedient to Him. Amen. To let you be guided and led by His Word and by His Spirit. So He said, be careful for nothing but with everything in prayer and in thanksgiving. And He says, let your request be known unto God. Verse number 7, He said, that, and the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. So all these have built one upon another and then we get peace. And notice what he said in the end of that verse, that it shall keep your hearts and your minds. So peace begins to guard our mind. How many of you have mind problems? <laughs> now talk to me tonight. How many, I'm, what, I'm not talking about what y'all thinking about. How many of y'all are just laying in bed at night and the devil gets in your mind and says, did you see how she looked at me? I, did you see? Did you, did you hear how he just walked right by me and he spoke to so-and-so, but he didn't shake my hand? Amen. And that gets in your mind. And that goes to festering. Amen. It, it gets in your mind. You sung, a, you sung a special and it gets in your mind. Well, they didn't nobody say amen. They didn't nobody raise their hand. Amen. I, I'm up here preaching, Matt can relate to this. up here preaching, y'all looking at me like a calf looking at a new gate like some of y'all looked at me tonight. And I go home and that gets to wallowing around and I get, to, I get to realizing what I really did say. And I get to thinking, man, I've made the whole crowd mad. And the devil says, you might as well just pack your stuff. You might as well get your books out of that office. Just go to the house. Amen. Amen. Devil tells Sunday school teachers, did you really teach that in Sunday school? Anybody else have a mind problem? Y'all understand what I'm talking about now? You know what guards your mind? When you're standing fast. When you're in the yoke with your brother and your sister. When you're being a help and you're not being a problem. When you're part of the solution, not part of the problem. You know what guards your mind? Whenever you rejoice anywhere and anytime. When you yield yourself solely and wholly to the Lord Jesus Christ. And you take everything to God in prayer. That gives you peace 
that guards your mind. Now, notice with me verse number 8. I got to hurry. Verse number 8, he begins to speak about the things not only that guard our, our mind, but the things that will guide us through life. And then he goes on down, speaking in verse number 11. He said, I have learned in whatsoever state I'm in, therewith to be content. And notice with me, verse number 11, 12, and 13. Paul says, I have learned, verse number 12, I know, I am instructed, I can. I, 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 look with me, I have learned, I know, I am instructed, and just to add it so we understand it, that I can. I have learned down through the years. I have been instructed and I have learned that I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. That in reality, when God tells me to do something, I have no excuse to say I can't. When duty calls for the cause of Christ, I have no reason to say I can't. Because the Word of God says I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Now let me get this real quick and I'm done. It's notice with me. I've done preached on them. I'll hit it again. Through Christ, you can't leave that out of the equation. We can't just run around and be a bunch of people that says, I can, I can, I can, with leaving Christ out of the occasion. He has to be a part of it. You take him out, it doesn't work. But it says, through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Under that equation of Philippians 4 and 13, there is no sin that we should sink under. There is no temptation that should sway us by the way. There is no duty that we should not be able for Christ to perform. Amen. 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 Listen, the devil tried to make you think you're unworthy and unfit, and he's, he's giving you a half-truth. Amen. You used to be unfit and unworthy, but when you got saved by the grace of God, the blood of Jesus made you worthy. And now you can through Christ. You couldn't in yourself, but you can now in Christ, which strengtheneth me. That word which, when you study that out, it literally means presently and continually. You can, church, presently and continually go on for the glory of God. Let me preach this man. I'm done. Sunday school teachers, you can. Choir, you can. Amen. Church, you can be a witness. Mom and daddy, you can win that child or that, that son, that daughter. Grandma and grandpa, you can win that grandchild and that granddaughter. You can win that co-worker. You can be an influence to the people that are around you. You can make an impact in this community. You can be an influence for the glory of God. You can worship God in this place. You can worship God when you go home. You can be a gospel light and a gospel witness wherever Wherever you go, young people, you can overcome temptation. You can overcome sin. It is not an impossibility. Despite what the devil's putting in your mind and in your ear, and despite what your flesh may be telling you, the Word of God says, I can do all things. So, we have no excuse. None. So tonight, I believe with all of my heart, that from Saturday night to this morning, maybe even before that, God's been speaking to you about something. Something that you've been struggling with. Everybody in this building, no doubt, if you're saved by God's grace, God's been speaking to you about something. 
It might be that you know that you should pray more than what you do. It may be that God's been dealing with you about a consistent prayer life, but it's been hard to get that orchestrated and organized, and you, you just haven't been able to get a consistent time out of your day to pray. I want you to know that you can. Maybe you're here tonight. Maybe you've been wanting to read your Bible. You've been wanting to get God's Word down and, and see what God had to say out of it. You've been wanting to start a family devotion. But it just seems like the world's come against you. Time ain't on your side. Schoolwork piles up and all those different things. And you just can't seem to get that orchestrated. I want you to know that you can. Amen. There's a lot of excuses that I could say. I can't pray today, Lord. I can't read my Bible today, Lord. But my Bible teaches me that I can't should not be in my vocabulary. And in reality... That thing that God's been dealing with you about, whether it's one that I mentioned or something that I haven't, God the Holy Ghost already testified to your heart. It's not that I can't because the Word of God has given you an equation, a formula to make it happen. So you're really saying, Lord, I won't. And I don't know about you. I don't know about anybody else in this building except for me. But in my heart, I don't want to tell God, no, I won't. When he comes by and he says, I need your two little fishes and your five loaves of bread, I don't want to be standing there saying, I won't. Amen. So tonight, while every head's bowed and every eye's closed, you stand to your feet, the pianist comes. I want you to consider tonight what God the Holy Ghost has spoke to your heart about. There's not a doubt in my mind that every person in this building, if you have any desire for God at all, God knows that. And if you do have a desire for Him, He wants to mold you and make you and grow you and bring you closer to Himself. He spoke to you about something recently. That you've just been having a hard time make happen. Might be prayer life. Might be a Bible devotion time. Maybe it's a lost person in your life. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe somebody else in this church you've been having a hard time with. Maybe there's some things you need to fix. I don't know. I'm just preaching tonight. But I want you to know that when your flesh says, I can't. When the devil puts in your mind, you are far too limited to do that. I want to remind you that the Word of God says, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. So I want to ask you tonight, as they begin, they're getting ready, they begin to sing. Would you just slip out of your pew tonight, make your way to an altar, Say, Lord, I'm tired of being a victim of the I can'ts in my life. Lord, I'm tired of being an excuse maker. You're not making excuses to me, friend. You're making them to the Lord. I'm tired of being bound down by the limitations that the devil's been deceiving me of. 
Would you slip out of your pew tonight? Would you come to this altar? Would you say, Lord, as humble as I know how, I'm believing the word of God. Lord, I'm putting my faith and trust in you in this situation that I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Some of you ladies come pray. These other people tonight, you need to slip out of your pew. You need to come. Of strength when I am weak That takes me through When life is pressing me I have a source Of power from above with you. The more I read this Bible, the more unusual that is. 
more I study this word, the more unusual that is. But he's been so good. That's exactly what I want to be. Friends will fail you, but Jesus will never fail you. Even family that loves you so dear, there could come a day in your life that they fail you. But Jesus never fails. Greatest day in my life was the day that I met him. Come to an altar of repentance by faith, thank God. Got birthed into the family of God that day. Oh, things ain't been the same. Brother Bobby, I've made so many mistakes, I could write a book. I forsook him, Brother Ira, without ever even getting out of church. So many times it ain't even funny. But he's been right there all the time. He's been faithful. Amen. Thank you, Lord. And though I stray from time to time, there's something inside of me wants to be everything he wants me to be. There's something inside of me that just pulls to give him everything I am, everything I ain't, and everything in between. Because he give it all on Calvary. Oh, thank God tonight. Oh, what a Savior. If you're here tonight and you don't know him, I want you to know he's available. I want you to know tonight the door of grace is still open. There's still an arm extended. The invitation's still made. You can come tonight. You can get born again. You can get washed in the blood. If you're here tonight and you ain't where you ought to be, I want you to know tonight. We have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ the righteous. Thank God, though we, listen, we, every one of us got faults and failures. But I've got one standing before God Almighty tonight. Saying, Father, that's one that I died for. When the law says he ought to be dead and in hell. Jesus said, wait just a minute. Wait just a minute. That's one of mine. Thank you, Lord. His sins have been forgotten. Do you know him tonight? And are you serving him tonight? For just another second. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you need to come, this is your time. If you don't come, I'm going to close out. But I really feel the Holy Ghost of God stirring. This is your time. This is your moment. This is it. Yield to the Spirit of God. Let God have His will and way in your life right now. Don't put it off, friend. Don't put it off. Come. Come. I have a source of power from above I'm covered over by a shield of love yes. I claim the blood yes. Jesus shed on Calvary yeah, 
say it one more time together. I can, I can. do all things, do all things. Through, Christ, through Christ which strengtheneth me. Father, we thank you tonight for the Spirit of God being in this place. God, I thank you for these people, their attention. God, I pray you be with each one of them as they go back to their homes tonight. I pray you be with them as they go to work tomorrow. I pray, Lord, that you'd help them to trust in you. God, touch every young person they go to school tomorrow. God, these college students, as they get ready to go back to class, God, I pray, put your hand on them and remind them of the simple truth of the Word of God that I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Lord, we love you tonight. Thank you for being a great God, being a mighty Savior. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for forgiving us of our sins. Thank you for making a way for us to go to heaven. Be with you eternally. Lord, we love you and praise you in Jesus' name.